Welcome back to the Book It Podcast. On today's episode, me and Alan jump into a little college football talk, bowl talk, jump over to the NFL. We got a couple good games for you. Fade Pittsburgh, fade Cleveland. Yeah, Pittsburgh fans, Pittsburgh's a fraud. 11-0, that's some bullshit. With the fifth pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Tua Tungavalawa. Barkley from inside his own five. Barkley with a lead. Barkley with a burst. Barkley down the sideline. Saquon Barkley. And we're back for week, I think, 13 of the NFL season. It's Friday afternoon. I know people. I know you guys are upset. We didn't have our normal video on Wednesday. This is what happened. Alan is finally getting over COVID, and he may have fell asleep for like 12 hours yesterday and the day before. Yeah. It, yep. It's, um, been, it's been really bad. It's been, it's been terrible. You know, I just said to Ev, uh, didn't mean to cut you off there, Ev, I said, but I said to him, I, I went to, I didn't fall, I couldn't fall asleep because I was sleeping so much. I slept almost 24 hours one day. Then I wake up and well, I play Xbox for a while. I'm chilling, doing homework or whatever. Next thing you know, I watch street movies and it, it's at 10 a.m. and I'm texting Ev at 10 a.m. And he said, show today. I said, yeah, absolutely. And then I fell asleep at 3.30 and slept for 12 hours and woke up today. So here we are. Hallelujah. Yeah. Ev? That happens. I've been getting super into the trading, trading the stocks, doing a lot with the stock market. And if anyone knows me, once I start focusing on something, my girlfriend will tell you, I get addicted to it. It's the same thing with cornhole. Uh, it's the same thing with, it used to be with gambling. It's still with gambling. But once I start doing something, I'm like, I, I got to do this, 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 this. I will do everything in my power to only do this and forget about the outside world. So that's happened. But hey, we're back. You're going to get a weekend of football here. It's a, it's a Friday afternoon. We're going to sit here. We're going to have some beverages. We're going to have a good podcast. It's only me and Alan. No, no, no dick boy. No uh, ums, oohs, ahs, and a's to go over. So, <laughs> with that, Alan, if you have anything else to add, you can run right into your drunk thoughts. I know the people want to hear it. Yeah, so... Uh, actually, I've actually, really been... the COVID drunk thought. Yeah, I mean, I really haven't been drinking, but the drunk thought's more than me just getting fucked up. It's, are, are, uh, you know, messed up. Sorry about the F-bomb there, but it's, it's, it's about, you know, things that I think of that are just wacky and out there because Ev knows my mind is always turning. It's always on a different track. It's always weird, you know? But uh, drunk thought of the week this week is uh, story time. So one of my favorite things to do when I still lived at home, like, full-time, I mean, I go back back after school but i try not to and would go out to extreme hours with my lads my mom would leave leftovers out for me when i got home i know you're all thinking oh your mom's a sweetheart no my mom thought i was a huge binge drinker and i wasn't eating mind you i'm six foot two and i'm well over 290 pounds at this point i was eating folks trust me you know and anyway so one night i came home to a beautiful club sandwich perfectly cut in a force toothpicks holding this tall piece of heaven together I'm talking the whole nine yards. I eat it, pass out on the couch, pants around the ankles. My mom wakes me up 7 a.m. yelling. I ate her lunch. I was like, no, no, I didn't. You didn't even have work today. Folks, it was Tuesday. There was a note in the box. Don't eat my lunch for tomorrow. Maybe I have a problem. Maybe I did have a problem at that time. Uh, but I thought it was Saturday, and I didn't see the note. So... I mean, I was swaying like like a tree in the wind, but you know who hasn't come home like that occasionally? 
So that's all I have to say about that. That might be the funniest shit ever. That <laughs> the fact that I thought you were gonna say it was like a Sunday morning or like a Saturday or like no, a it was Saturday a morning. We went, we went, we went out that night. We were playing poker at your house. Oh, yeah, those nights. Those, we those went nights to the were bar. We, yeah, we went to the bar. <laughs> We'd always be like, yeah, yeah. We'll play poker at Everly's at like seven o'clock at night, and then we'll be here until we'll be here until eleven. But, Oh, you guys will go to the bar after we're like all eight deep. Yeah, let's go to the bar. Oh, yep. we weren't drinking beer then. We were getting oh. fucking rowdy. Yeah, we went right to the bar, and uh, my mom thought I was having some serious issues there with my life. But anyways, uh, I guess that'll come right into college football. Uh, if you want to take over college football first, or you want me to take over? Yeah, so no, I got a couple things to say about college football. So I, I, I know we've went over this, and I think it's, it's a really good debate to, to, to start with. Definitely the college football playoff and the bowl season in general. So as you guys know, um, I'm always in a bowl pool every single year where you rank games. And that's not going to happen this year because obviously COVID and stuff. And first thing I have to say is, there's realistically only three bowl games that we know are going to happen. The two college football playoff ones and the national championship, like Rose Bowl, uh, Cotton Bowl. I don't know which ones are considered in the playoff and the national championship this year, but all of those big name bowls, if they're not included, if there's a COVID outbreak prior to that, that game's canned. And personally, I think that's really shitty for players and it's going to be bad for uh, logistics with money and stuff. But my, my point of saying here. What I'm going with is don't go into this bowl season with high expectations of a lot of bowls. Go in with three games. You're getting three games. So every game you get beyond three games, be happy. Because believe me, I could already see that there's going to be a lot of games that you're going to find it. It might be hours before, oh, the Rose Bowl's canceled because there's a COVID outbreak. They're not going to move it back. They're not going to delay it. They're going to just cancel it in, in total. I think that's going to be really shitty for us as college football fans and in general. But I think if we go in, the, go in with the expectation there's going to be three games and then we come out with 30 games, oh, my God, that was a great bowl season. If we come out with 15 games, it was a great bowl season. We only expected three games. That's, that's my, that's my off-the-wall, not really gambling, but like college football take of the week. Yeah, and that's really interesting. And, and another thing I want to point out is, I mean, 2020 has been a weird year, and, and uh, thank God that we have the college football playoff now, that the committee, you know, because I, I don't know if anybody – like, I mean, for our age, it, it happened when, when we were growing up and as we were really becoming college football fans. Um, at one time, there was no playoff, and people, like, just relied on the national championship game. It was 1v2, and that was it. Uh, I mean, you saw a ton of bowl games, but it, they weren't nothing. I mean, the Sugar Bowl had emphasis on it. The Rose Bowl had it. But it, it's a lot different now. And, and like I've said, you know, just enjoy every bowl game that you get now because – <laughs> You know, who knows what tomorrow's going to bring? Who knows where we're going with all this chaos and madness in the world? So, that being said, that'll lead me right into my first college football pick here. Got Notre Dame, Syracuse, plus minus 33.5, over under 51.5. Obviously, um, Notre Dame is going to beat the brakes off this team. I'm talking get beat, beat worse than when your mom tells you to take something out the freezer for dinner and you don't. But what I'm telling you is this game goes over 51 and a half. You can put that in your almanac. Irish offense gets the ball moving, runs the ball efficiently, hangs 21 first quarter, probably has 49 up on the board by third. SU gets a garbage time touchdown. That'll put you over to 51 and a half. Ev, you have anything to say about that? 
So, I mean, I know you're – see, if there's one person that I would trust their opinion on this Notre Dame football team, it's you because you watch these games inside now, and, and and you're not a unrealistic sports fan. You're not a Pittsburgh fan that, that watches Pittsburgh football every single day and thinks they're good at football. We're getting that later. You're a realistic Notre Dame fan. So, obviously, this line's 33, and you're not going to lay that because, yeah, okay, they no. could win by 40, but they could win by 25. They could win by three scores. It's still a safe, comfortable win for them. Yeah, I, I love your look here with the over because you're right. What's going to happen is this is going to be a Notre Dame game, and it happens – and it doesn't happen in all slop games. But this is going to be a – Syracuse can't stop anyone. So no. if Notre Dame's up 28 nothing at the – halfway through the second quarter, are you going to be surprised? No. What's going to happen is Notre Dame's going to keep going, keep going, and they're going to eventually say, hang on, not even take the breaks off. They're going to get some them backups in for depth reasons going forward. And obviously those guys aren't as good. Syracuse will keep the guns out there. They'll keep guns ablazing, and they'll be able to put up two, three scores. 51's a really low total for a college game. I know it's a Notre Dame game. I know their offensive line's really good, but you're playing the fact that at the end of the game, it's not going to be Notre Dame's A team. It's probably going to be their BC team out there. And Syracuse is still going to be slinging the ball across the yard. And, hey, a defensive score can easily happen in this game, maybe even two. I, yeah. I, I, I agree with your, your take here. So, with that being said, next next game I really wanted to get into here is the NC State Georgia Tech uh, game. I mean, everybody um, everybody knows uh, I'm big into the ACC this year. Notre Dame's finally, you know, in the conference for this year. We'll see how that works out for the rest of the remaining years. But uh, over uh, minus, the plus minus six and a half, over under sixty and a half. NC uh, NC State. Jesus, I can't even speak today. A team that has been slipping under people's radars. I think maybe just mine. I don't know. I don't know if, Ev, you've been keeping a track of this team. Uh, but they're 7-3, man. And watching highlights of this team, I've caught a few games, but I just never really was like, oh, my God, this is a pretty good team. Um, I picked them minus 7 earlier on Monday, and now the game's at 6.5. And, and now that it is, that's even better. So I'm going to sit here. I'm going to stick with the pick of NC State minus 6.5. So, without diving much into this game on stats and stuff like that, um, just looking at bet percentages and money bet on, bet percentage, Georgia Tech has 59% of the bets compared to only 41% NC State. But money-wise, NC State has 64% of the money compared to only 36% Georgia Tech money. That right there would scream that somebody likes NC State that has a lot of money to move around. And – with that, I'm not saying I'm rushing out to bet him, but looking at that, NC State is home. NC State is a quality a quality team. Um, under the seven, under the key number of seven, I I like where you're at here. And, and looking at the numbers wise, like I said, I I agree with this take, and I, I like where I like where you're heading with this NC State team. And I agree they they are a good team. And going on Notre Dame, I hope Notre Dame stays in the ACC. Like for fo- for college football reasons, I want to see Notre Dame Clemson every year because. If Notre Dame wants to be a cream of the crop team, which they've been wanting to be for years, and their problem always was they didn't play that team or they had to schedule a Georgia or something, play Clemson every single year. Maybe even play them twice a year. Play them once in the ACC championship game too because the ACC is weak. We know that. And I'm not saying Notre Dame is Clemson, but, hey, I hate Notre Dame. But guess what? I'm all about a football team wanting to do better by themselves, get in a conference, play – Obviously, Clemson already has a movie coming out about them. Obviously, they are a powerhouse right now. I, I hope that continues. I hope, I hope they like it. I hope, I hope Notre Dame agrees to it. And um, I think it's just going to be better overall for college football. I think the ACC has a ton of opportunity for growth, too. I mean, you have teams in the past that are, that are in that conference that are really overlooked right now. And, and I think they're on the up and up. Like You have teams like, like Florida State 
and Miami and and obviously Clemson is there. And you have like sleepers like North Carolina and Mac Brown. Like I said, I think this is a conference that has a ton of potential. And I wouldn't mind to see Notre Dame stick it out in a conference because I'm sick of people saying Notre Dame can't make it in a conference because obviously they're proving people wrong right now. And I freaking love to see that. So that's with that being said, that's really all I have to say. Yeah, so uh, me going – I know I don't bet college football often. I know I scream about how much I don't bet college football. But I was screwing around um, looking at some lines and shit, and I, I dove into this Boston College-Virginia game. And some really interesting stuff here. First of all, let's start out with where the money is and where the bets are. So bet-wise, it's 49%, 51% Virginia, Virginia money. That's fine. Or Virginia bets. That's fine. Money-wise, Boston College, 67%. Virginia, 33%. So once again, that tells you Boston College, okay, they might be a side. What the line open at? The line opened seven and came crashing down. Now it's at four. Hmm. Interesting. That's another telltale sign. Now, then looking at the teams, overall, Boston College is the better team statistically. They have more. They have better offensive line work. They have better defensive line work. They have a better quarterback. They have um, penalty wise, they have less penalties on them. They have more yards all season. They have, they have a lot of, they, they're a little better in red zone efficiency, a little better in third down efficiency. I like this Boston college team. You know, I was all over this team. I thought this could be a sleepy spot for nerd for a Notre Dame team a few weeks back. Um, I'm probably, I'm going to say, I'm going to have a Boston college plus four bet. Alan, I see you got him at six and a half. I'm glad you got a good number there. Uh, I'm probably going to take whatever I'm going to bet on this game. I'm going to put half on plus four and half on the Boston College money line because I think this is a spot where there's a little bit home field being factored into Virginia, which there's no home field in college football. We know that. And Boston College is outright the better team, and the line has shown that it's in my favor. So that's that's going to be my my mythical bet of the week of college football, Boston College plus four and a little money line sprinkle. See, I really like that bet. I mean, that, um, we've been trying to stick to two and two for our picks just to make it a little easier for y'all. The two picks that we like the best in college, two picks that we like the best in the NFL. But this was a game that was really close for me. Um, like Ev said, this is a Boston College team that is no joke. I think Virginia gets a little bit of the um, a little bit of the edge because of how they played this year. Because you figure they played tight with Miami, but I think long run wise. Miami isn't the team yet that they, they should be, and they're going to get there. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, I think that's factored into a lot. I mean, they beat a North Carolina team, 44-41. Uh, so, but I don't think Virginia is the team that people are cracking them up to be right now. So I really like the, the minus six and a half spot for Boston College. Yep. Um, do you have anything else you want to add to college football? Uh, what's that? Do you have that's anything a... else you want to you add to college football, or we could jump over to the NFL? No, uh, right to the NFL. Okay, you, you sure you look a little, you look a little confused. Well, it, it cracked me up. I just got a Snapchat from Pella. She he goes, uh, "I'll give you one singular kiss on the cheek if you win fantasy this week." So I guess he needs me to beat uh, Joycey to uh, be successful in fantasy. So uh, I had a little bit of a crack up. So sorry, I was trying to read that and and listen to you at the same time. And you know me, in multitasking. Yeah, you're just as bad as me with that shit. Um, <laughs> Just so everyone knows, uh, not to break the news, and I really don't care if Pellish doesn't want everyone to know this, but he also has COVID, and another one of our friends have COVID, so don't worry. COVID is going around our friend group, and all I have to say is I had it first, so I'm the winner. You guys all fucking suck. You guys are all following me. Yeah. Um, f- uh, I mean, do we want to talk about fantasy quick or no? Let's do it at the end. Let's go, let's go through our picks okay. quick, and then we'll, we'll use it at the end we're, we're, we're because we're running through this pretty quick. 
Yeah, our fantasy league is, is tight as hell. That's why we want to talk about that at the end here. Yes. All right, so I'll start us off here in the NFL. So my first bet, bet is going to be Jacksonville Mini over 51. So for those of you that don't know, the NFL average this year for points has been about 51 points. And if you've watched Jacksonville or Minnesota play at all this year, they don't have defenses. Their defenses obviously suck. Jacksonville, their quarterback play, okay, it's not good, and they're starting uh, whatever his name is, Glennon again, and they sneakily scored some points last week. But I don't – I find it hard to believe that any quarterback can't score on this Minnesota defense. This Minnesota defense in the beginning of the year was going to be shitty early, and they said they might find something with Zimmer towards the end. They're just not good. They don't have players. They don't have they, – they overall just don't have a good defense. And that um, – in Gogway, when that trade, this could have been a revenge game for him. He's now in – he's in – he's in – I forget where he got traded to, but he's no longer on, on the Vikings. <sighs> they don't have a pass rush. Um, James Robinson probably gets his this game. And with that running game, because they're going to – Did he go to – did he go to Baltimore? He did go to Baltimore. You're right. And Gogway did go to Baltimore. So I don't know why that just popped in my brain there. We're going to have more contact because Pellis just Pellis just texted me about playoff odds. So we're going to be making odds for this playoff and we're going to bet on it. So I can't wait for that. So that'll get okay. there. All right, we're going to hold that off. But let me go through the rest of this. Robinson has been getting 25 plus touches a game. So for me, this game's going to be going two ways. I'm betting it over because I'm thinking Robinson has a game and they're going to be able to throw <laughs> Minnesota, obviously, Dalvin Cook will have a game. We know that he can run on any defense. And Kirk Cousins off that play action is not a bad quarterback at all. Justin Jefferson, they no. get Adam Thielen back this week. This game's totaled at 51. It's totaled at the league average. So I'm looking to go over that. And then also, prop-wise, um, stay tuned to Twitter or my action, James Robinson. Um, depending who the wide receiver is there, if it's Chenault, if Sharks playing, Keelan Cole, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, catches re- receiving yards, depending on where they fall, rushing yards for, for Robinson, of course, all looking to go over. I think this game could be easily played up into the 60s. I think an, an average NFL total between these two teams is, is laughable. Um, so that's my first bet, over 51 in the Jags minigame. Yeah, I mean, so I said to you earlier, uh, I actually I don't recommend this pick, but I actually have Jags plus nine. Uh, this is a Minneapolis, this is a uh, Minnesota team. I don't know why I was gonna say Minneapolis. Jesus, I'm all over the place. This is a Minnesota team I think has been struggling. Uh, Kirk Cousins leaves uh, lives and breathes off the play action. This is a team that obviously gets their game going through the run game, which I'm a sole uh, believer in that philosophy wise. Especially if you're gonna live and die on third down, this is where you need to make your bread. And then off the play action is where you hit your big plays and i think they have the receivers to do it i think this is an incomplete team um the over is definitely a, a, a good look because this is two teams that obviously just let up points i mean look what dallas did against uh minnesota a couple weeks ago um jags obviously a one in uh what, what, what are they one in one uh, nine one and nine. This is a team that I told you don't be surprised at the beginning of the year if they went, uh, if they didn't get a win all year. Uh, not that they're not good, but uh, I will say, long run wise, I think Everly beat me for the trade in fantasy, uh, picking up Robinson, giving me Higgins and uh, Montgomery. Obviously, Burrow went down for me, and uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens there. But overall, like I said, I took the plus nine on the Jags. That was my look on it. Like I said, maybe not a solid look, but it is a look. Hey, uh, I, 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 I'm not saying I advise against it, but the back door is going to easily be open, especially in a high-scoring game. The back door will definitely be open. Yeah, so with that being said, this leads me into my, our next pick here. Tennessee Browns uh, plus 
minus uh, five and a half, over under 53 and a half. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ride the Tennessee train this week. I think uh, Henry's going to have another big week. Uh, I think he's going to be the weak leader in rushing again. Um, I'm going to tell you all, take Tennessee minus five and a half. I think this is a Tennessee team that is going to keep the train steaming forward. Uh, this is a team that recently just hit stride. I think uh, Rabel and, and everybody is, is pretty much relying on this offense's physicality to take them forward. And let's not forget this is the team last year that almost beat Kansas City in the playoffs there. So I think as they, they get better as they play throughout the year, you know, I think we're through the midseason blues there where teams happen to lose games that they shouldn't. And uh, I think this is a team that's going to keep catching dubs all the way to the playoffs. Hey, I agree with you. And um, I zoned out there. That's the, that's the Tennessee bet, right? Yep, Tennessee. Okay, I, I didn't want to talk. I, know, I knew that's the game you were going to bet on, and I just, I just completely had a brain fart there. But going on, as you know, I had a um, – we, we bet Tennessee to win the Super Bowl. I did earlier in the year. I really like this team, and I even made the claim that I think Tennessee – it's going to be Tennessee-Kansas City in the AFC Championship game, and I would put a lot of money on Tennessee potentially being winning that game because of what they're able to do. So as we saw last week, last week was a really easy bet on Tennessee, if you ask me, because – we're getting to the time of the year where Derrick Henry is a monster and he runs over people. He runs through people. And with that coming comes a great passing attack because they're able to get guys, they're able to play action and Tannehill, that's his bread and butter. And you have guys down the field like AJ Brown who could just outrun people or out jump people. That's amazing. Against this Browns team who this is a fade Brown spot. I agree with you hundred percent. The Browns are the second biggest fraud in the NFL behind the Steelers. Obviously, as we know, they're like we said over on Monday, they're eight and three with a negative 21 point differential. I love Tennessee in this spot. I agree with you 1000% here. I also think you can, we can make an argument for an underplay here of 53 and a half because the Browns, yeah, they could run the ball a lot, but Tennessee's going to run the ball a lot too. Now. Okay. If Tennessee puts 40 points up, run the ball. Congratulations. I don't think we see that. I think we see a much, a much lower paced, much lower scoring game compared to what we saw in the dome last week with Tennessee and Indy, but overall Tennessee definitely a good prop and AJ Brown's overs. We're going to be looking at them again this week. Cause like I said, he's going to get a couple deep targets and he's going to get a couple slants that he could take to the house. Yeah. I think like uh, just, just to uh, put a little extra on what you put there like i said before a lot like this minute like a minnesota team but this team actually accomplishes that is living and dying tennessee does on third down um they i'm, I'm sure if we find a statistic that they would complete they they have to be completing over 60 percent of their third down options don't quote me on that but i would i'd be willing to bet my bottom dollar on it um it's pretty much all i wanted to add there uh for so i'll, I'll jump right into my next pick and this is, once again, fading the number one fraud in the NFL, the Pittsburgh fucking Steelers, the Skins, plus seven. Okay, a couple things here. The Skins have extra days to prepare for this game because Pittsburgh only played on Wednesday. Pittsburgh looked atrocious on Wednesday against RG3 and, hang on, wait for it, wait for, wait for it, Trace McSorley, Trace McSorley and RG3 made Pittsburgh's defense look eh, eh. Pittsburgh's offense just as shitty as they always do against the Ravens defense. It was a divisional game. Why weren't you up for the game? Why didn't you want to blow the doors off this team? Like, seriously, I don't know. It's, I Watching their offense, they were running through the air, which is a great offense of running through the air, but that's not – you're not winning a Super Bowl running, throwing the ball 60 times through the air to, to Deontay Johnson on a little two-yard little screen pass. That's not going to work. That's not getting the job, though. 
this team should not be 11 and 0. They should have lost somewhere. I mean, I don't know how they didn't lose somewhere. They're going to lose once they play a good quarterback. And I'm not saying Alex Smith is a good quarterback, but I'd take Alex Smith over RG3 and Trace McSorley any day of the week. Redskins defense, it's not as good as Baltimore. I get that, but it's up there. They're going to be able to get pressure on Ben. And as we saw, if you do get pressure on Ben, and that secondary for Washington is not a bad secondary, they can make it, they can have a turnover or two. Washington's running attack is not bad at all with Gibson. I understand Pittsburgh's run defense is good, but you get him on the outside. I think McLaurin is going to be able to run all over this Pittsburgh secondaries because it sucks, as we know. The only hurt here is if Washington's offensive line against Pittsburgh's defensive line, and Alex Smith doesn't have a ton of time. That's why I think Gibson's going to have a huge game, getting dump-offs and stuff. I'm taking the plus seven here. No money line sprinkle for me because I don't think this is the upset. I think this is just a lot closer of a game than we think. And the back door is going to be open. As we saw, McSorley cover the – Covered the damn back door last week with freaking Hollywood Brown down the sideline. Yeah, so this is a game I'm not going to bet on personally. Uh, it's one of those deals where I can definitely see uh, Pittsburgh having to make the plays up front with their their front guys. Let's not forget that, obviously, that Washington offensive line isn't the greatest. So I think Watt and them boys have a, a big game. But this, the Pittsburgh secondary is struggling right now. I mean, you lose Bush and you, and you just lose uh, – uh, brain fart moment uh jesus i just had his name in my head you lose two secondary guys and that's tough on any 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 team, any uh nfl team and defense and especially defense wins championships in this league and and uh i think this is gonna be a complete struggle spot for them so i, I i'm not gonna personally touch this game but I, I like the way i like the way you thought about it because it's one of those games where pittsburgh is 11 and 0 and they are struggling to to beat teams that they should be uh, handling, you know, to maybe uh, give people that opinion that this is uh, that we are a championship team. But uh, I, I'm not ready to quite sit here and and, and say that they're gonna they're gonna get the Washington is gonna cover, you know. So uh, that, and that's that fine. that's that's fine. I get that, and I and I, I know I've been on the fade Pittsburgh train, and I'm gonna be on them until they lose because I know they're gonna lose eventually. Now. If and they're not going to cover now, is that going to come when they maybe play Kansas City in the playoffs or Tennessee again in the playoffs or even Oakland and the Raiders in the playoffs where they're playing a good quarterback and really the line's nothing crazy? Maybe, yeah. But um, I, uh, I mean, schedule-wise, I completely agree with you because I don't think Pittsburgh's played anybody that is like, oh my god, wow, this team is, you know crazy no, good and they, they have let's, let's remember philly was able to score 28 points on this te- on the secondary on this defense in like week three philly now we see how bad philly has been yeah so we'll see how that ends up going out uh this will take me right into my next game bill san fran um the bills i think opened up this game at minus two and a half if i'm not mistaken uh now it's 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 minus one san fran and the spreads for the bills so I'm still going to – I took the minus two earlier on Monday. I didn't think this line was going to regress like that. I mean, maybe regression-wise, this, this tells you to lean San Francisco. I don't see it. I, I still think this this uh, Sean McDermott team, this this Bills, Josh Allen, Cole Beasley's having a big second half of the year. I think, you know, this offense is going to keep rolling. I think the defense is going to keep, keep keep up with the growth. I, I'm going to take the Bills here in a spread. Uh, maybe even take a little money line action depending on what's better of an odd. Uh, I don't think the San Francisco team is, is back to what it was. 
Um, I did see an interesting article come out, though. Uh, the defensive coordinator for San Francisco, I forget the man's name, but they are, uh, people are lobbying for him to take the job for the Detroit Lions. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, so he's from actually um, the Michigan area and still lives up there in the offseason. So that's why I think they're, <laughs> they're thinking that's a really viable reason for him. He's been a very good coach if you think about it. Um, I don't know his name either. He's the bald guy. I just I, I know he's he's yeah. been a very good defensive coordinator for them. And and in Shanahan's system, Shanahan's the offensive guy. He's the defensive guy. Shanahan doesn't mess around on the defense, so that makes a lot of sense there. Now with your pick, um, I I agree with you. I my only worry on this in this spot is San Fran keeps getting healthier. So they're only gonna get so healthy because obviously some of their big name Bosa and some of their other other guys on defense are out with ACLs. I get that offensively though they're starting to get running backs back they're getting Debo back as we saw last week they were a solid team now the question comes down to okay how do you beat Buffalo if you're San Fran well you either have to stop them or score more points than them I don't see San Fran being able to put up 30 or 40 no I'm with you and I don't see San Fran's secondary being able to stop them as much as they – I mean, they stopped golf, golf a little bit. But overall, I think Allen's still able to get his. I agree with your look here. I will be on Buffalo in straight-up pools and spread pools, and this would probably be a game I'll look to live bet or maybe take a couple over props if I see some stuff. But overall, I think Buffalo is the better team in this situation. That's pretty much all I have for the NFL. Um, I think this. I think the playoff picture is getting a little more clear. Obviously, as the weeks progress, uh, I know it was kind of a stupid statement, but for a while there, I mean, I know the uh, the Eagles, Giants, Cowboys division uh, has been kind of playing out in a different way. I definitely think we hit the nail on the head. We were stuck between two teams, Washington and and the Giants, and I I think that they're showing up and they're showing out for us. I think I think Abby, that you have a future on Washington if I'm if I'm not mistaken. I know I have a future on them. I was about to, when I took my Philly one out, when I cashed it out, I was about to put half back on Washington. I said, this is the best team. I didn't do it, but I had a lot of money on Washington last week on Thanksgiving. For those of you that didn't know, um, I think I told you guys I was sitting in my uncle's house. They're, my dad's a Dallas fan. He was there. My uncle's a Dallas fan. My cousin's a Dallas fan. They're all sitting there, and I'm sitting there holding a Washington plus three ticket, a Washington money line ticket, a wa- another Washington live ticket right when Dallas scored. I think a Washington second half ticket. I was holding all these Washington tickets. And then my dad pulls up our straight up pool. It's like, you took Washington. I'm like, no. And they're like, they didn't say anything. And then Washington starts to pull away. They're like, yeah, it was a good pick. Did you make any money? Yeah, I made a couple bucks on one. Washington had them once or twice. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I did take, I took Washington in straight up pool also. I did bet Dallas because. I'm dumb. I do that all the time. Ev knows I yells at me <laughs> constantly does. for that stuff. I don't know why. It's just one of those deals where, like, straight up picks. Like, I, th- I I look at I look at numbers differently than I look at straight up picks. I don't know why I always did that. It's I'm better at picking a straight up pick. I think everybody is than than picking a spread, but. It is what it is. Uh, I definitely loved the NFL season so far this year. College football has been amazing. I'm just glad with through all this chaos that we're going through and and people. I think I think sports are bringing a little bit of relief to what we need uh, politically wise and, and everything else. And the other thing I wanted to bring up real quick. I think it's really uh, it's it's definitely a worthy fact to bring up. Um, 
Josh Gordon comes back, uh, eligible to play for week 16. Let's not forget, the man was suspended for using marijuana a couple times and, and whatever else. And I thought it was extremely interesting today. The NBA put out a statement saying that for the 2021 season, that um, marijuana tests will not be distributed to teams. Um, I think this is a big big step moving forward. Um, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm a marijuana advocate, but I'm not going to sit here and say I'm against marijuana. I mean, I know this is something we typically we don't get into, we don't talk about, but I think this is definitely a big step for these, these athletes who are just, you know, I think they put themselves through a lot of pain, and I think this is a, a better way to, to suit that pain sometimes than, than using other, other uh, per- performance enhancers that can hurt their bodies or, or hurt themselves or their families. And I think this is, this is a more viable way to go about it. Yeah. Hey, and I told you before this, that like, if I were, cause um, I don't really quote unquote invest. I, I just trade stocks. I don't really hold anything overnight. If I were to, I really like weed the sector because I was out in California like a month before Rona. So I probably was flying back and forth with Rona anyway, but out there you cannot drive a block without seeing a weed distribution sign. And I went into a weed distribution. Um, I didn't buy any. Don't worry, guys. I don't, <laughs> we don't condone that here. But um, they have everything you like. Do you want, you want gum? You want mints? You want yeah. any edible? You want any type of vape or something? And they're all, they're all legal. So they're all safe. Like it's yeah. not like you're buying one off the street where you don't know what the F's in it. And there's like, there's like fertilizer in it or something. And, and um, you're right. It's been proven that it helps athletes with pain. It helps everybody with pain. Like it, that's been a proven thing. So why don't you let these NFL, like all these guys use it? Cause it doesn't really enhance their performance. Like you said, like it, it's not going to make, make you jump higher. It's just going to make you have less pain. And yeah. as a viewing, as someone watching the sport, why the hell not? Yeah, I just I just think that these guys are out. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they're making millions of dollars and, and whatever else. But you, you had a testimony. I mean, Rob Gronkowski, a guy who said, you know, plenty of injuries from college and even coming in the NFL playing for the Patriots. He even said, don't get me wrong. I, yeah, he's a big party guy. And, you know, I'm sure he cracks jokes about smoking the marijuana or whatever, you know. But it's one of those deals where he, he came out and he got, he got emotional. He loves the game of football. He said that. And, and when he got out, he was just in so much pain. And he, was, and he smoked it and he said he was eating it and whatever else. And it, and it helped him um, be able to overcome that pain a little bit. And I think, I think it's a little bit of a mental situation. And, and I think it helps. It's, it's a relaxer. So obviously a stimulant. I don't think it's a depressive like alcohol. I mean, I never really sat down and did all my research upon this, but I think it's something that our country needs to be uh, woken up to. I think it's something that we need to stop uh, being so harsh and critical upon because I don't think it's as bad or the boogeyman as everybody's making it out to be. I agree. So with that, we're going to jump right into our fantasy league. And Alan, pull your phone up, get up the league, the games being played this week and the standings because we're going to do some odds right now, live on this. We're going to break it down. We're going to see who we think um, playoff shots. So just so everyone knows, at the moment, Allen beat me last week. He is now 9-3 because Tyreek <coughs> scored 60 fucking points, and Kyler Murray had eight points. He had his worst week of the year. That was lovely. So Allen, with less points than me, is 9-3. and three. I'm 8-4. Ten less points than you. Less points than me, though. 
<laughs> I'm still better than where I was, but okay, go ahead. Yes, Tut is also eight and four, and Matt is eight and four. So one, those four teams are locked for the playoffs because obviously we can't be beat out because there's only one week left. We can just we could tie with other people, but there's there's no possible way. I think point wise, let me make sure that all the seven and five teams, yeah, their their point totals are so much lower than us. They have no chance of of leapfrogging leapfrogging any of us unless some real dumb shit happens and one of these teams score like 300 points a week, which won't happen. So, unless Allen were to lose this week, which we're going to get into that, why he can't lose, then him and Matt will be the one-two seed. If Allen does lose, then I would jump up to the one seed if I score 10 more. If I, if Allen scores only – if I score nine less points than you. But that really doesn't matter. Let's get into the playoff picture. So – we have Mr. Luke Joyce, Mr. Alex Pellish, and Mr. Aaron Snyder. Three teams vying for two spots. So, outcome number one. Say they all win out. If they all win out, Luke and Snyder make it on points. If only Luke or Snyder... If Luke, Luke and Snyder have a plan, basically. If they win, they're in. If they lose, then Pellish has to win to get in. Yep. Right? Okay. Yep. So, then we look at people who they're playing. So, Snyder plays Matt, who is going to be a, probably the two seed. So, I would not say that's a guaranteed match. That's a guaranteed win. We're going to come back to that. Luke plays you, which you're going to be the one seed, unless you lose or when you lose. Yeah. Once again, not a guaranteed victory. Pellish plays Leshko, who is his team is six and six, and he is he's out of the playoff picture, and he is Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who might be out. That's I, pretty much that's a big part of Leshko's team. And Pellish has Lev Bell. In my opinion, I would give Pellish probably it on the app here gives him eighty two percent probability of winning. I say we give him a seventy five percent chance to win that game. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. So Pellish's odds, because he has to win and one has to lose, but his probability of winning the game are probably pretty good. So I'd put him about minus 200. I'd put him, you know. To win the game? Minus 200, yeah. To win the game, minus 200. And then we're going to, okay, so we'll keep, we'll keep each of them at, at game odds, and then we'll factor that into, like, future odds to make the playoffs. Yeah. Fair? Yeah. All right. Pellish is going to be minus 200 to win this week. To win, which is, I think, a very fair number because he probably does win this game most of the time. Now, looking at we'll, – we'll go to your matchup with Luke. So, Kirk Cousins plays Jacksonville. It's a great matchup. I, I love the over in the game. Dave Montgomery plays Detroit. As we know, Dave Montgomery could be very good. He could be very bad, too, but I think once He's consistent. Enough, he puts up 10 to 15. A very viable, a very good matchup. Naheem Hines plays Houston. Once again, a very good matchup. And then what else? Now, the only one that would worry me is Claypool against Washington and Cooper against Baltimore. Those two right there worry me a lot. And then looking on your bench, T. Higgins against Miami. Miami's defense. Miami's defense is pretty damn good. That's what I'm saying. So it put me in a tight spot to to put some put people in there this week. 
I and uh, the other person I really look forward to, and, and people are going to laugh at me when I say this, Aguilar I have on the bench, but he's been having a great second half of the season for the Raiders. Even though the Raiders got blown out, he's still been putting up 10 to 15 points. But he's questionable for the New York Jets game, which New York Jets have a terrible secondary. So that kind of put me in a spot there. So now here's my question. If Aguilar is playing, what are you doing? Aguilar might take the spot for probably Landry. I agree with that. Playing Tennessee. Now, Landry did have a massive week last week. He had eight receptions, 143 yards, and a touchdown. But but if you look at the previous 12 weeks for Landry, he hasn't been a superb receiver. Yeah, I, I would agree there. I would agree that's your best option if Aguilar were to play. Looking on the other side. Now, I think I think Luke Joyce, definitely, before you go through the list here, I will say this. Luke did a great job putting a team together to make this second half run. I agree. I agree. I, I traded – I mean, I think his downfall is, is Zeke, which is funny that I was glad he wanted Zeke. But he traded Zeke for Mixon, basically. And, obviously, Mixon's been shit. And I traded Mixon for DeAndre Swift. And DeAndre Swift has been injured, so – I guess Luke did win because he is the only player playing in that whole three-way trade there. Now, start from top. He is Mahomes, but what cancels that out is you have Tyreek Hill. So, if Hill would somehow have a massive week, completely cancels out, that's great for you. He has Devontae Adams, which obviously that's a, that's a bomb there. Now, Devontae Parker, if Tool was playing... I wouldn't be as worried because obviously Tua doesn't throw the rock as much as Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick playing the Cincinnati secondary, he's probably going to throw the rock a lot. Yeah. Parker's odds of getting into the end zone and having 70 plus receiving yards is probably pretty likely, and he could have a game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and if at- you look at percentage wise, because our sleeper app does give us percentages, uh, and it's based off points. I mean, Luke's projected to beat me by six points, and that leaves him at 60% to win, me 40% to win. So that's – that's, I mean, that's just a projection. A lot of the time, projections on this aren't very they're sound. Not no, they're not yeah, at all. They're not very sound. It, it just depends on the player. And w- what it's factored in is the fact that Devontae Adams is projected 25 points. Mahomes is projected <coughs> 32 points. Yeah. Kirk Cousins can outperform Patrick Mahomes this week. Kirk Cousins easily can go over 30 points this week. I could see that happening. Yeah. Mahomes, he's playing Denver's defense, which isn't a walk in the park, but if something happens like it did last week with Denver that they kind of suck, Casey's going to be calling the dogs off later. They're not going to keep they're not going to keep going. I'm going to give uh, if I had to if you you know on if I'm looking at this game, I would say Luke should beat me this week. I would give Luke a slight favorite. I'd make a minus minus one thirty. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. All right, Luke minus one thirty. Now let's go to the next one, the Snyder one. I I think we're kind of in the same situation here as we are in the last one, where it's a tight game. Obviously, sleeper has a fifty-two percent, forty-two percent Snyder's favor. But look at the matchups. I think I think Snyder has the better matchups. Yeah. Throughout the uh, board. So yeah, Tannehill, Wilson, Cook, Kamara versus Kamara, Hunt versus Jones, Lockett versus Woods, Jones versus Ayuik, Tanyan versus Burton, Cole versus Henry, Harris versus Murray, 
Chiefs versus Vikings defense and but Butker versus Koo, Atlanta. So for kicker there, I mean, and and here's my thing on so Russell Wilson still projected thirty fantasy points. I think that's too high for him overall, especially playing a giant defense. Because you look at his last few weeks, ever since his booming start, ever since Buffalo, he had twenty six, and the Rams he had ten. Arizona he had twenty two. Philly he only had sixteen. And you look at Kamara. Kamara without Drew Brees is arguably not a RB1 anymore. He's a borderline RB2, RB3 in my opinion. And playing Atlanta's defense, Atlanta does give up passing yards to the running back. I get that. Philly's playing, Aaron Jones is playing Philly. He's going to eat. Um, on the other side of the ball, I guess the worry is if Julio Jones doesn't play, I know he wasn't a participant in practice. That would hurt Snyder. He'd have to have a guy like a Mike Williams come in there or uh, or um, or Chark come in. What helps Snyder is he has Lockett, and he cancels out a little bit of Wilson. So the way I look at it this game, I would give Maharan the slight average here. I'd put him about 120 to 140 because I just think that Matt has the better team overall. I think he is the better team overall. I agree. Player – on paper, yes. I would have to say the matchup-wise, I think this comes down to if Julio Jones is in too. Matchup-wise, I have to give Snyder a slate. I think this is – what would you make it? I would put Matt minus 110, Snyder, Snyder even. Yeah, Snyder even money. Let, let's do – Let's do Matt minus 105. Okay. Is that fair? Yeah. I put, yeah, I'd put Snyder in a pick em, almost. All right, yeah, let's make it a pick, plus 100. It, it's a pick. Okay, so for everyone that doesn't know, we got Pelish minus 200, Leshko's plus 150, Luke's minus 130. Um, his opponent minus one thirty is plus one ten. Luke's playing you, and then Matt's playing Snyder, and that's a pick. So, going off that, I think with us saying that Pelish's to make the playoff odds have to be increased because he is the most likelihood to win. And obviously, if yes. he, he has to win. Step one for him is winning. He can't lose. If he loses, he's done. A plus plus three hundred, plus two hundred. Are we saying he he's not he can't be the favorite though? No, he's not the favorite. I, I think the, uh, well, the yeah, favorite, honestly, favorite, I would put Pel- I put I would put Pelish as the favorite because I hate saying this. I think Snyder has a hard time winning this week, and Luke Joyce might beat me. So what if we make – well, let's make Luke the favorite then because if, if we think – if we're making Luke minus 130, he's going to win and he has more points, let's make Luke the slight favorite. So okay. let's make Luke um, – I'm not saying like minus something. I'm saying – well, it should be minus something because if he's minus 130 to it win should the game, be. then he Probably should – Probably minus 110. He minus 110. Minus 110 realistically. He actually should be and minus. Then, he actually should be minus one thirty because if you're, it's a one game. If he wins, he's in. So actually, Luke should be minus one thirty. Yeah. Okay, Luke's minus one thirty. So then Pelish and Matt, or Pelish and Snyder. 
Hellish plus 250. Yeah. Sorry, Snyder, man. I, I don't mean to do that to you. It's just it's just going to be tough. I mean, I played Matt. Matt puts up ridiculous amounts of points. Week in, week out, like this consistently. Like, I'm not saying like, oh, my God, it's been like 170 every week. But he puts up 150, 160 weekly. And that's that's impressive in our fantasy league. 12 people. Uh, I get lucky. I got lucky to put up 170 last week. And like, like I've stated before, that's because Hill had a big game. Uh, Cousins had a big game for me. Uh, I could have had more points. That's a, that's a shitty part about it. Cause on the bench I had guys, I had, uh, Landry had 20 something on the bench and Heinz had 12 on the bench, which is freaky. I just got to say, we suck at being bookmakers because, okay. So say, what, where do you think we should put Snyder at? Plus 300. But if he wins, he's in. And we have a plus 100 to win the game. Well, yeah, okay. So ultimately, ultimately, you should make, you should make, so technically, Luke. Luke's minus one. Luke, Luke should be minus 130. Snyder should be probably about plus 110. And then Pellis should be the dog. Dog, Because yes. he needs one of those teams to lose. Yeah, and for me to win. Correct. So we're going to reevaluate. Minus 130, Snyder. Yeah, sorry. X out whatever you heard before. That's right. Yeah. I'm just saying, if we're taking money on this, I'm not I'm not getting fucking boned here. Yeah. Pellish. Everly's house of cards here. Pretty much. Pellish plus 150. So we got Luke minus 130, Snyder plus 110, Pellish plus 150, all to make the playoffs. Reasoning. And once again, you could bet on Pell- now. Now, you could bet on Pellish at plus 150 to make the playoffs and not him minus 200 to win the game because he could win the game and still not make the playoffs. Luke, if he wins, he's in. Snyder, if he wins, he's in. Yep. I'm glad everyone was able to listen to that clip. <laughs> um, that was us breaking down our fantasy team. And I know there's probably much better things we could have done with our lives, but we just broke down our fantasy team there because fuck it. Why not? Because we'll put that in the group chat and the boys are going to eat that up. Yeah. Okay. I think we've been here long enough. I think it's time to skedaddle. Alan, do you have skedaddle, skedoodle. Nope. Uh, have a safe weekend. Uh, make sure you keep wearing your mask. Uh, it's no joke, folks. Uh, make sure your hand sanitizer, shower. Keep listening to us. Keep following uh, Twitter and TikTok. Uh, we're going to keep trying to come at you with the best picks that we obviously have. Uh, we're not professionals, but we'd love. We love doing what we do, and uh, we hope that you, you keep listening. So we appreciate it, and thank you very much. I agree. Remember, like, subscribe, share, unsubscribe, subscribe again. Follow us on Twitter and TikTok. Okay. We'll catch you all next week. Peace out.